Blog Talk Radio. Radio Nation. It is Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, this Woo! is third, Yeah, I know. This is our third Friday the thirteenth show this year. I think that's now a record. But um, <laughs> thank you for joining us. I am Lavar, and of course, I am joined always by my wonderful co-host Mary. What's going on? That's, that's, I'm just hanging out. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. We're just hanging out. Just just don't hang out in front of any ladders or in front of any black cats. <laughs> well, if a black cat came into this house, it'd probably get eaten anyway, so I'll be good. Eaten? Yeah, I got two dogs, remember? <laughs> I didn't think dogs ate cats, but that's a different story. Well. Um, but uh, first of all, to get some old, yeah, to get some old business out of the way, don't forget that you can catch me at News Comment BTR, and you can also catch us on the web at our official website, powered by Wix at newscommentbtr.wix.com forward slash fan page. And while I'm also getting some business out of the way, join me uh, next when I'm sorry, next Thursday, uh, next Thursday. 5.30 Central, 6.30 Eastern for the 411 Lounge. Uh, my guest, who is actually here in Chicago this weekend, I hope I can see her. I don't know if I can. I'd be very disappointed if I can't. But my guest will be Sarah J. Uh, it'll be her second go-around on the show. Actually, the funny thing about Sarah, um, real quick before I kind of get to our topics, but uh, mm-hmm. she's coming on because she's been in the news as of late. <laughs> Uh, her and uh, Angelina Castro, who have been on this show a while back, um, said that they were going to do something special for all of their Twitter followers should the Miami Heat win the NBA Finals. And we all know that they won the NBA Finals. And what they were going to do, <laughs> let's see, how can I put this in a more adult term? Um, they were going to pleasure their followers if the Heat won. <laughs> and so the um their their whole thing was called BJ NBA. It was under that hashtag for the longest time and the NBA caught word of that and um sent them a nice little cease and desist letter of not using the NBA uh logo and everything else or not logo but the NBA and the Miami Heat's name in vain. <laughs> so uh, it got a lot of attention, but uh, this is uh, sure to be pretty much probably a world record-breaking event should everyone show up to collect. Um, I was hoping to see Sarah this weekend just to collect myself, but that's a different story for a different time. But uh, she will be on next Thursday, uh, 5.30 Central, so don't forget to join that. But uh, I digress. <laughs> I digress. That's something for a um, Sunday night. 
<laughs> Wait, no, that's like our Sunday night show and today's show merging into one. Pretty much. Pretty much. It is like the best of both worlds, which actually, if you've been following my tweet, starting September 3rd, and details coming soon, you can actually have the best of both worlds on Monday starting September 3rd. So I'll talk about that later as we go along. But first things first. Sports and sex. Huh? Sorry, it is just mumbling sports and sex. (laughs) Actually, it is not. That, no, I know that was it uh, is not. your it is not. <laughs> um but the first story here that kind of I don't you know, times have changed along with I guess our funny bone. And for those that don't know Daniel Tosh, I, he is the host of Tosh Point O on Comedy Central. Uh, I didn't even know who he was until probably a few months ago. Don't really watch Comedy <laughs> Central like that anymore. And Daniel Tosh, uh, his controversial jokes about rape did not go over well last Friday at the Laugh Factory in Los Angeles. And angry audience members expressed their disapproval, and now Tosh's comic pals are backing up the Comedy Central star. Uh, Jim Norton uh, tweeted, quote, some attention-seeking woman, heckled a comedian, so if anything, she owes him an apology for being a rude brat. Now, let's go back to the story. According to an onstage audience member who recounted his stand-up show via her Tumblr blog, uh, she said that the comedian, quote, started making some very generalizing declarative statements about rape jokes, always being funny. She says, how can a rape joke not be funny? Uh, he, no, he, says, uh, he says, how can a rape joke not be funny? Rape is hilarious. Now, when the female attendant fired back at Tosh for his comments, the comic heckled her well back. She says, quote, after I called out to him, he paused for a moment, and then he said, wouldn't it be funny if that girl got raped by, like, five guys right now? Like, right now. What if a bunch of guys just raped her? She recounted on her blog. Uh, fellow comedian Dane Cook slammed the attendee via Twitter without referencing the, uh, the incident, and he says, quote, if you journey through this life easily offended by other people's words, I think it's best for everyone if you just kill yourself. Of course, uh, Dane Cook is not funny at all. Anthony Jeselnik, uh, who's a fixture on Comedy Central and a former uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon writer, also chimed in via Twitter, and he said, quote, this Daniel Tosh rape joke controversy really has me second-guessing some of my rapes. Now, for the most part, Tosh did issue an apology shortly after the anonymous blogger's rant went viral. He says, quote, out of all of the out-of-context misquotes aside, I'd like to sincerely apologize. Um he actually uh, added the link to the Tumblr post that was made by that woman. And he says, the point I was making before I was heckled is there are awful things in the world, but you can still make jokes about them. And Patton Oswalt, via his Twitter, said, wow, Daniel Tosh had to apologize to a self-aggrandizing, idiotic blogger. Hope I never have to do that. Again. <laughs> so, there's so many things here when I thought about that. And I thought about Tosh's statement here, and I want to read that back one more time. He said, uh, the point I was making before I was heckled is that there are awful things in the world, but you can still make jokes about them. Number one, I don't know if rape is one of those things that you can make a joke about. Number two, um, I guess at this stage of the game, when it comes to comedy, is there a line that can be crossed in is he at fault for even telling the joke, first of all, 
is the woman at fault for making her displeasure known. Is there any fault here, or is it just two sides expressing their own, but it going too far? Yes, the last one. Uh, I mean, I think rape is an off-color. Like, that's that's beyond... I, I would not be able to find that anything about rape funny. Um coming from my side of the, the the coin, being a woman, I wouldn't want to. You know, that that just that objectifies women, that that puts us into the um not subjective part, but I mean, that makes us feel makes me feel we'll be very specific. It makes me feel less of a person if you're saying that you're just a bunch of holes that I could take advantage of um, at any point in my, at any point that I want to. I think that it's not a very good joke. I would never find it funny. I really don't like Tosh all that much. Uh, my sister does. thinks he's hilarious. So maybe she would find that joke hilarious. I don't know. So as for the joke, although it's something that I would not find funny, I can't stop him from doing it. Um, as for her displeasure, she can voice her displeasure any way she wants to. She is, you know, she's got her own little blog. She can has her own little followers. By all means, do so. Should either of them kept quiet? I don't think so. Um, I think it's just two sides of a very stupid argument that should have that got overblown because it involves a very highly heated, debated topic. Mm-hmm. So that that I mean. You're gonna find people funny that you find funny. I find people funny that are that other people are like, really, that's not funny, and I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But to each his own. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to come to sides. Like I'm on her side at this point, but that's me, <laughs> you know. And there are people that are on his side at this point, and that's them. So I I. I don't think it's really going to make any difference whose side you're on at this point. It's not going to make my life easier. I think more so the comedians are probably on. See, but from this point, I think what's interesting about their tweets back and his support, you notice in their tweets back and his support, it is more so because this woman let it be known that she didn't like the joke. It was more or less from they treated her as if she were a heckler. They didn't say anything about the joke itself. And I'd be interested Correct. to think, or I'd be interested to see what they thought about the joke itself. Because I don't think from any of those other comedians I've ever heard them mention the rape joke or thought of it as funny. And, I, you know, I wish if I were a reporter I could go back and ask those guys about, okay, then would you do a rape joke? And I bet you the first thing out of their mouths would probably be like, no, you know. And in regard to Daniel Tosh, I mean, I'm not a particular fan. I've never heard of him. Like I said, I never heard of him until a few months ago. Didn't even know what he did. And I watched the show, and it just wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, or at that point, it wasn't. But I guess as a comedian, when you go up there, I guess, you know, you have to be prepared as to what you're going to hear from a comedian. Almost anything that they say that they think is funny will be put out there as such. And for that woman, I would say that if she was not happy with it, um, I guess there were other avenues that you could have expressed besides trying to, I guess, uh, make your point known during the stand-up performance. I guess there's a time and a place for everything. You know, she could have wrote him a letter. 
she could have, you know, wrote something on her Twitter or blog without having to disrupt uh, his act. Because at that point, then you're setting yourself up for a lot of ridicule from other people who may defend it. And like I said, while I'm with you on the joke is that, you know, there are some things that you just don't joke about, and that being one of them. Um, you have to be prepared for that. Like if I went to a Dane Cook performance, which I never probably will, and he started talking about uh, things that black people do, I have to be prepared for that because, you know, he's a comedian. But I'm not going to stop him in the middle of his act. If I don't like it, this is the thing I always tell about people. If you don't like it, you can get up and leave, even though you already probably paid for it, but you can get up and leave to show your displeasure. And later, if you really felt offended, like that person and let them know. But to stop them in the middle of what they do, it would almost be like if you went to a play and you saw, uh, I don't know, what uh, I'm a guy here, I'm not going to remember, but what's the play with uh, 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 Showboat? You know, okay. if I didn't like some of the things in Showboat and I thought it was racial or whatever, I'm not going to get up in the middle of the play and, <laughs> and chastise the actors for acting. You know, if I don't like it, I'll go up and leave. And then later I will write a letter concerning my displeasure. You know, it's the same reaction to that, I think, at that point, because when she did that, she kind of did open up a retort, you know, of a comedian, because I watched this interesting thing a while back, and it was about um, comedians and, like, their lives and getting heckled. And when they think they're getting heckled, what's the first thing that they will do? They will come back with something that they think is going to hurt or shut up the person that's heckling them. And at this exactly. point, when he was already talking about that topic, and when she disrupted him, and not to say he was in the right, but when she already disrupted him, he pretty much was like, oh, I'm already talking about rape. Well, hey, what happens if that woman got raped? But if I just kept it in right now. Now, I'm not backing that at all. But when you do that, you have to be prepared for the feedback that you're going to get from said comedian. There's a reason right. that they are up there. They're prepared for that. And I think you're right. It's a silly argument, and I think that it could have been avoided and probably uh, discussed in a different way. Correct. You're absolutely correct. And that's it. That's that's where it comes down to. It's it's whether or not if you like something, that's great. If you don't like something, that's great. Don't go. You know, it's people sometimes are too thin-skinned. Like they let things offend them so quickly, but. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield, take my wife, please. I'm sure that was not going over well with a lot of women, but there are people that think he's hilarious. That's probably offensive to some people, but if you don't heckle him during the act, he'll continue to keep going. You know what I'm saying? It's any comedian. Go back and find any comedian. Raw. Eddie Murphy on Raw. Come on. Really? I was just offended by his outfit. <laughs> but you just have to kind of find that middle ground. You're going to see a comedian. They're going to say some things that are probably offensive. And I know before I go on, I know people are yelling automatically from your taking your wife line. I know that also started, it actually originally started with Henny Youngman, and I know now people are not going to remember that name. <laughs> um, so, yes, I do I know. remember that. <laughs> You're a youngin'. You wouldn't know. Um, but there was an, also an interesting article this week, and it was written uh, for the Huffington Post by a gentleman 
I think a lady. I don't want to get this wrong. I think it was a lady. I hope so. Forgive me. <laughs> uh, the name is Yashar, Yashar Ali. And um, it was originally posted on the current conscience, but it was in the Huffington Post this week. And it was an article that says, What No Woman Deserves to Be Called. Now, upon first look at this, I thought it, of course, was going to probably be the B word. I was like, why are we writing an article about this again? But I was, remember, I was, no, I'm sorry, it's a guy. I just got corrected by that. But um, what happened was that he says that as a man, I regularly use the word need. He asked for it needs to be met in life and working in friendships. While I may not often get my wants fulfilled, I am insistent that my needs be met. I don't hesitate to expect this. But he says, but what about women? Do we as a society condition girls and young women to at the very least expect their needs to be met? Or are we making them feel guilty or nervous about everything related to the word need? And he went through some uh, interesting stories about women who uh, kind of had those needs, and uh, I will post the article to our website. But I guess the, the one big thing that left the article at that was that he says, as a culture, we often remind women that being, quote, needy is a cardinal sin in relationships. No shortage of articles in women's magazines write about how being needy is a surefire way to end up single and lonely. But what does this word needy really mean anymore? Are we lumping together a woman's basic needs with the idea of needy, which so often refers to someone displaying stalker-like behavior? He says the needy descriptor also seems to be used against women when they are looking for clarification on the status of a romantic relationship. And um, he talks about a lady, her name was Carrie. She faced that scenario with her now ex-boyfriend. She said, in quote, we had been casually dating for four months, and I decided that I needed to understand where all this was headed. I'm not getting any younger, and I need more stability. When Carrie asked a guy she was with where he thought things were headed, he immediately responded, what I do know is that I don't want a needy girlfriend. And she was left feeling frustrated, more or less in limbo, because, uh, you know, it made her feel like she was needy. And it says the word needy has been transformed into a slur, an insult we need to delegitimize uh, women's needs and concerns, making them think twice before asking for what they need, if they ask at all. And why isn't the word needy ever really used against men? So you've seen the article. Do you think? <laughs> I'm not sure if this struck a chord with you, but do you think it is wrong to be needy? Do I think it's wrong to be needy? No, or because we're all needy in a way. But <clears throat> do I think that being by asking the first thing that came to my mind was when you said, "Do you think it's wrong to be needy?" Is the negative connotation of being needy. We all have needs. We all need, have needs that need to be met. Um, and we all have things in our life that we need clarification on. However, I think needy has gotten that negative connotation of being a bad thing, that I'm sitting here saying, I need blank. I need to be cold. I need to be warm. I need to eat ice cream. I need to pet my dog. I need to pee. Any of those things, those are the needs that I need to be ha- that I have to have met now, in the current moment. But if you're saying you're being so needy, then I feel like I just got slapped across the face. 
So as a woman, if somebody said that, you know, if you were talking to someone and he's like, you know, why are you girls so needy? Uh, is it kind of almost like a, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Is it almost kind of like that uh, proverbial double-edged sword where if a guy has needs, he knows what he wants, but if a woman has needs, she's being too needy? She wants too much? I think sometimes. I think some people make it that way. And I think that some people are not taught from early on to express that their needs are need to be met. Um, my daughter, I struggle with that all the time. Uh, sometimes she'll say, I want, I want, I want. And I'm like, yes, but what do you need right now? You know, why are you upset? What do you need? Do you need time? Do you need space? Do you need love? Do you need attention? Do you need to sleep? Do you need... Are you hungry? You know, do you need food? What are your needs? And teaching people to express their needs is hard enough, but for some reason it's hard to, as women, feel that expressing those needs in a personal relationship kind of way, that it's appropriate. Like like the article said, I can do that at work, no problem. I need time. Give me space. You know, I, I, I can't do this right now because I need to finish this. It's easy for me to do it at work. Easy. Because at work, I'm not needy. At work, I'm just professional. This is my, these are the needs that need to be met. In a, in a relationship, in a personal relationship, that negative connotation comes up with now you're being needy, which I don't think is right. Yeah. However... It's all about the connotation and in which you choose. And, yeah, it is a double-edged sword. It's also, it is very, it's 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 wounding when somebody says you're being needy. It it, it wounds you. It's not a very yeah. good feeling. Yes, yeah, so hint and tip for all of you out there, never, ever use the N-word needy. Yeah, <laughs> 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 good thing. Uh, we got a few minutes, and I want to get through to this story. Uh, interesting, from goodinbed.com, uh, it's about pretty much uh, the search for that ever-elusive soulmate and the notion that someone is made for someone else. And in a recent survey conducted at goodinbed.com, they surveyed 2,321 individuals and asked them the question, to what extent do you believe that there is one person for each person, i.e. a soulmate? And before I kind of go into the stats here, I'm going to ask you real quick. Do you believe in such a thing, soulmate? That's hard to say. I think I think that there is one perfect, no, because there's nothing perfect. I think that there's somebody that you are compatible with that is out there. And there may be more than one. There may be hundreds. Who knows? It's the fact it's the fact of finding that complementary person to fulfill yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah. And now in this survey, the majority of participants, seventy one point two percent believe this very much that there is a person one person for each person. Thirty two point nine percent uh or a little bit uh, oh thirty two point nine percent uh believe it very much. Um 
Some a little bit said 38.3%. Now, a minority of the participants, 28.9% didn't really believe this. Uh, and about 8% didn't believe it at all. Now, in their sample, women were significantly less likely than men to believe in soulmates, which means that their sample was right alongside the national average, which was obtained from the 2011 Marist poll, which used the nationally representative sample that found that 74% of men believed in soulmates compared to 71% of women. Now, that Marist poll also found that belief in soulmates was more prominent among the younger population, with 79% of those under 45 endorsing it, 69% of those over 45 endorsing it. And in uh, this sample from goodandbed.com, they only found a slight age difference with 71.7% of those under 45 endorsing it and 70.1% of those over 45 endorsing it. So uh, in their sample, too, the belief in soulmates was significantly positively related to both sexual satisfaction and relationship satisfaction, meaning that as belief became more supportive, uh, satisfaction increased. So it had a lot to do with a lot of other things. There is a lot of uh, technical stuff in there also as well. But you know what, though? In an own small way, I'm kind of with you on this. I, I think in some small way there may be, if not one, but a few people that, I guess, sync with you. I don't call it soulmate, but I call it a synchronization of people. Um, yeah, they're compatible. You know, they, yeah. Some compatibility, uh, you know, where it's not necessarily all the way down the line. You're both agreeing on everything. Of course, there's going to be a disagreement on something. But then again, that's what makes relationships is that that difference from time to time. You don't want somebody that's going to be in agreement with you or uh, or in disagreement all the time. You know, that girl's uh, pretty um, stale. But yes, it does. I think that there are people out there that get you and get where you're coming from and that understand you uh, better than most people. Um, maybe one, maybe two or three. But I do believe that there's not like one particular person just totally perfect down the line that does everything that you do. No. No. <laughs> no, not I don't quiet. think there's one person that's made for every one person. Only no. because if that were true, then nobody would get divorced. Or remarried. Yeah. Or still True. be friends with their divorcee. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know yeah. the people that were great friends that should never have been married. When they got divorced, they're still great friends. And they found somebody else that they got married to that are also great friends with the ex in their in their life. So I, I, I don't think there's just one. That's why I, I don't like the, the, the idea of only one. I think that... I wouldn't call it a soulmate, but I know that 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 uh, to put a label on it is it's hard to do because it's like that feeling of you are part of my life, and that's that's why you complement and contradict the things that I need you to complement and contradict. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I'm feeling at. Yeah, it's always an interesting thing. I'm just more surprised that guys, a small percentage of guys, more so than women, believed in soulmates. I usually. I know it's going to sound wrong, but I usually thought that that was something that women looked more into than guys did. I, I think guys were looking just more for some type of close enough matches to where it suited their needs instead of they looked more at the, the you know, uh, physical and part way mental aspect of it 
but didn't really look into all of the things, especially soulmates. I think when you talk to guys about that, like soulmates, you know. Um, See, that's that's where I <laughs> where I disagree with you. I'm actually not surprised. Women are more. I think men are more naturally inclined to think of not soulmates as much, but I mean to find that one that fits them because they're so because they look for the people that meet their needs, and there are other people that are they're terminally bachelors until they find that one that turns them in that turns them around, and now he wants to get married and have kids and grow old with this one girl, whoever that one girl is, and I think that they are more likely to do that than with where women. They think everybody is their soulmate at first, and then get disappointed. Interesting. Well, if you guys have uh, issues or comments on that, we'll post a link to our website. Let us know what you think. Uh, we got a little bit less than ninety seconds. Any shout outs this week? Sonic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Coney this one. week. I had their Sonic class, but it's huge. I am in seventh heaven. But yes, so to Sonic and to the wonderful um, city of Dallas for putting a big smile on my face. There you go. <laughs> Those are my <laughs> very cryptic, I know, but I really don't care. <clears throat> well, I know the Dallas Fort Worth area puts a smile on my face every day. So uh, shout out to you guys. Shout out to all of my uh, friends at Exotico this weekend here in Chicago. And I guess to all of you out there in San Diego at Comic-Con this weekend, too, a lot of good stuff going on across the USA here. So um, if you're out and about in both of those, have fun. If you're in Chicago, definitely stop by that this weekend. And, of course, we will see you back here next week with another exciting edition of the Cutting Room Floor. But the old clock on the wall for now says that our time is up. So for Mary, I am LeVar. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I will see you on Sunday and then again next week. Uh, here on Blog Talk Radio. Bye, everybody. Peace.